0: So it's not that foreign to talk about uh, the the legal system, because every country wants to protect investors. They want investors to invest in the economy uh, and in job creation. And so they provide these entities like we have in the United States, corporations and LLCs so that people can move forward without great risk to their personal assets you're listening to the Just Start Real Estate Podcast. If you're serious about your real estate investing
1: business and need real answers, you are in the right place. And now, your host, Mike Simmons. All right, guys. Thank you for joining me here on the show. If you've been here before, welcome back. If you've never listened to the show before, shame on you. How dare you? No, I'm just kidding. Thank you for being here. I appreciate you checking it out. Hopefully we kill it, we crush it, and you love us and you come back for more. That is all I do this for is so that you guys find value and you come back for more and you love it. So thank you for being here, guys. I have a great show for you today. I have somewhat of a celebrity, kind of a rock star in the real estate world. He is a rich dad advisor. If you're familiar with the book "Rich Dad Poor Dad" by Robert Kiyosaki, he is one of his uh, advisors, one of his uh, close advisors that, that covers certain aspects of real estate. And Garrett is about asset protection. He has practiced corporate law for more than 35 years. Uh, he assists entrepreneurs and real estate investors in maximizing their financial goals and protecting their assets. Highly sought after guest speaker, member of the elite group, like I said, of Rich Dad Advisors, uh, and best-selling author. He has a new book that just came out called Scam Proof Your Assets. He also has a book called Loopholes of Real Estate that I highly, highly suggest that you go get. It's directly impacts you as a real estate investor. We had a great conversation and he was very, very forthcoming and helpful to everybody uh, who's listening to it today. You all will benefit from it. I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Get ready to take notes. Guys, I give you without any further delay, Garrett Sutton. All right, Garrett, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for agreeing to do this. I'm excited for this conversation, I really am. I I love talking to folks who've had the kind of experience and knowledge that you have in the industry, so thanks for doing this.
0: My pleasure, Mike, good to be with you.
1: Thank you very much. So we kind of let people know what your credentials were, but if you don't mind, can we dial back uh, before you started this, this illustrious Career that you that you're having, I shouldn't say had. That's terrible. That you're having, uh, and talk about what did you do as as a younger person? Like, how did you get into the world that you're into? This whole, especially like the whole rich dad, poor dad. Like, how how did you get into that whole world?
0: Well, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and went to the University of California at Berkeley, and then to Hastings Law School in San Francisco. And I always liked corporate law. You know, the idea of being able to use these entities approved by the state uh, to protect people's assets. That's the one course that really struck me. And uh, so I went into corporate law and I practiced in Washington, DC and San Francisco. And then I moved up to Reno, Nevada. Nevada is a great state for corporate law, a great state to raise a family and ski. And uh, so it's, it's been good. I became associated with Robert Kiyosaki in the year 2000. So I've worked with Robert and the Rich Dad Advisor team for 20 years, and we've gone around the world uh, teaching financial education. There's really a a thirst for that information, not only in the United States, but South America, Australia, Europe, we've been to Africa. It's just been really great uh, traveling around the world and being able to teach financial education to people.
1: Yeah, and, and those advisors, including yourself, super well known around the world. But I'm wondering, when you go to uh, South Africa and South America, how relevant or how how much re- translates? Like h- how much of what you you teach and what you talk about actually applies?
0: Well, for Robert's message, it it applies everywhere. You know, uh, making assets work for you, uh, not relying on a job, but relying on uh, your investments. Uh, for my uh, aspect of asset protection, every country allows entities. You know, in, in South America, they're called the SA instead of the LLC, but they're virtually the same. Okay. Uh, and so when I'm there, and uh, the last time we were there in uh, Chile and Bolivia, Uh, they understand that there are these entities that can protect them. So it's not that foreign to talk about uh, the the legal system because every country wants to protect investors. They want investors to invest in the economy uh, and in job creation. And so they provide these entities like we have in the United States, corporations and LLCs so that people can move forward without great risk to their personal assets. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's super cool.
1: And I know I, we were chatting just for a second before we, we hopped onto this, this, you know, recording. And I think what happens, I have seen this, I've been in real estate, not not as long as you have, but I've been in real estate since 08. So I, you know, I kind of, some people think that I like timed the market to get in in 08 because everything was, you know, kind of crashing and like I'm some super genius. I, I stumbled into it. I really didn't realize that I had gotten in when I had gotten in. I didn't know what was going on. I just, that was the luck of the draw for me. Um, but I think what happens is we get real excited about. You know, whatever it is we're doing, flipping houses, landlords, what, buying apartments, whatever it is, we get really excited about generating income. And I, I was, man, I was so guilty of this for the first, unfortunately, the first handful of years that I was doing real estate um, that I didn't think about an asset protection or entity structures or, I, I didn't have a really a CPA that knew anything about real estate, and you know I, I think I've told this story before on the show, but it's worth telling because you'll get a kick out of it. I'm sure you've heard these kind of things, but about three or four years in, way too long for me to have this issue, my CPA called me uh, at the end of the year and he asked me a very simple question: How many properties did you take? title to this year, like physically take title for any length of time, how, how many? And I had no idea. And worse, I didn't know how to find out because I was just buying them and selling them and flipping them and not recording hardly anything. And the bank account was just one bank account money going in and out. It was just a total mess. Um, so I got a real crash course on what I wasn't doing right. And it was the first sleepless night that I think I might've experienced in my life as a, you know, mid to early 40 year old guy, like, because I didn't know what was going on in my finances. And I had no entities and and all this stuff that we talk about. So what is it that you tell a new real estate investor? Like there's a, you know, a lot, right? You, they can't necessarily know and, and do everything all at once, but what are some of the fundamental things that you need to think about when you're starting down that path of I'm going to be a real estate investor?
0: Well, a couple of things, Mike, first of all, they don't teach this in school. Yeah. So you're not going to have any background about this. You're not going to know that you need an entity and all. Um, so you have to gain this information on your own. And, and you know, people like you provide these podcasts. It's great because this is our high school and college education. Yeah. Now is listening to these type of uh, podcasts. Uh, you know, my book, Loopholes of Real Estate. Yeah. You, you have to gain the information on your own. So at the start, you didn't know that you were doing anything wrong. Sure. Uh, but you just need to know that, and and I think your CPA did you a huge favor uh, to you know, work with your team. That's another thing that Robert Kiyosaki and all the Rich Dad advisors preach is that you need a team, right? You don't need to yeah. go to law school or CPA school to learn this stuff. You just need to have a lawyer and an accountant on your team, you do what you do best. You go out and find those deals and close on those properties, but you have a team in the background who can help you and who can say, look, Mike, you know, when you get that first property, let's talk about putting it into an LLC. If you're gonna be flipping properties, we need to put it in an LLC, probably taxes and an S Corp. Uh, and you'll work with your CPA and attorney. Uh, and frequently what I do is I'll get on the phone with the client, and the CPA. And so you have the attorney, the CPA and the client all on the same phone call. Hmm. And usually in half an hour, you can get everything sorted out. Too many times people will say, a CPA will say, well, that's an attorney question. Mm -hmm. And the attorney says that's a CPA question and you're bouncing back and forth like a ping pong ball. Get everybody on the same page in a conference room or a conference call and get everything sorted out right at the start.
1: Yeah, totally agree. For for a, someone who's going to start a house flipping business, uh, it seems like everyone forms an LLC. Is that does that make sense? Is that a general is that a good general rule of thumb and when would you maybe not do an LLC?
0: Well, you probably will always do an LLC. Okay. There could be a couple little small reasons why you might use an LP, but you pretty much do an LLC. Now, the LLC has great flexibility when it comes to taxation. And so you can have that LLC taxed as an S Corp. And if you're flipping properties, uh, that's considered a trader business, and the IRS wants to see salary income there somewhere. Okay. And that with the salary income, they can then assess the payroll taxes, which, because you're the owner and the employee, that's 15.3%. You're paying both halves of it. Yeah. So we want to minimize those payroll taxes and have the rest flow through as distributions. And that's why having a CPA on your team that can help you with this yeah. uh, is, is really smart. But if you're gonna be engaged in the trader business of flipping houses, we wanna have it, taxes and S Corp pay you as low a salary as possible. Right, and pay yeah. the 15.3% on that salary and then anything above your salary, we don't have to pay payroll taxes on it. And, and you know, this simple decision, might can save you tens of thousands of dollars every year, year in and year out. So yeah. it's really important to get your team on board and come up with the best strategy. Do you think it's important
1: to look for uh, a CPA, for example, who deals in real estate exclusively because here's the problem. Here's here's why I'm asking. If I take my, you know, people say, well, you got to find a good mechanic for your car. I take my car to a mechanic. I don't know what to ask them. I don't know how to assess their their skill level. So how does one know if they have the right CPA, for example? Does it important that they only deal with real estate investors, or can you go to a general CPA? And how do you suss that out?
0: Well, that's a really good question. I mean, a lot of CPAs are going to be involved in real estate and are going to know real estate. That's one great way to build wealth in this country. So a good CPA is gonna be conversant on real estate issues. Do they have to be solely involved in real estate? I don't think so. Okay. Um, But I think that if you have a CPA that you feel comfortable with, that uh, knows business and real estate matters, hopefully they invest in real estate. I mean, I have a lot of clients ask me as the attorney, do you invest in real estate? And, and the answer is yes, uh, you know, thanks to Robert Kiyosaki and, and being involved with the yeah. advisors, but uh, you know, I think for a CPA and a, an attorney, it, it's helpful at least if they do their own investing in real estate, they, they understand what you're going through at that point.
1: Right. Okay, that makes sense. I, I like that, and, and it, that's good. That's a good little tip. Is are they themselves investing in real estate? Because even right. if you don't know what to ask them, you have to believe that a, a CPA that's worth, you know, their salter or, or, or a lawyer who has uh, investments in real estate, they're doing the due diligence at least, if nothing else, for themselves. So they're they're learning because they, they have a, an interest in in being educated in that. So let's talk a little bit about um, your book, Loopholes of Real Estate. I have some written down here, but I'd like to know for you, which are the ones that people tend to overlook the most or the ones that they just don't seem to understand. And when you tell them, it's like, aha, the light bulb goes off and they get excited.
0: Well, the first one is do you need an LLC? And we do have people, as you mentioned, Mike, it's starting out and they, you know, they get excited and they they take title of the real estate, and then in the crush of commerce, they forget to set up the LLC. Yeah. So a lot of times people are saying, geez, you know, five years ago, I forgot to set up the LLC. And we do have our horror stories where someone comes back and says, well, I've been sued. Yeah. I'd like to set up that LLC now, it's too <laughs> late. So, you know, you You get in the Wayback Machine
1: and you can, you can, that's a good thing, but yeah, without Yeah, the... there's no
0: Wayback Machine that's for right. asset yeah. protection. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, so that's one big thing, Mike, is just making sure that you set up your asset protection Uh, right at the start. Another little uh, mistake people make is they forget that there are these ongoing requirements for maintaining your asset protection. You know, you set up the charter with the state, but then you have to pay an annual fee every year. You have to have minutes where you have a meeting once a year and you wanna record that uh, to prove to a judge or someone who's trying to pierce the corporate veil that you followed the formalities. So you have to record what happened at the meeting and it's called minutes of a meeting. It's not called hours, right? It, it, they're pretty easy to do. Yeah, yeah. So you just make sure you have the corporate minutes. Uh, you need to have a separate tax return. In most cases, you just need to follow these formalities yeah. so that you stay protected. So those would be two of the key things, Mike, for people to consider yeah the corporate minutes I, I boy,
1: I would hate to call people to the carpet and and see let me see your corporate minutes no prep no prep let's see them. I think that would be a really uh, uh, embarrassing for a lot of folks what, when it comes to uh, entities in an LLC, should they have a different LLC for flipping and being a landlord? It's two different things obviously is absolutely that okay okay
0: here's the issue. so if you put you have one LLC, and you have your flips going on in there and then you hold a duplex and a fourplex, right? Yep. All in one LLC, two properties and your flips. If you get sued on a flip, they're suing the LLC and they can get what's inside the LLC which would include the duplex and the fourplex. So that's not good asset protection. We wanna have the flipping in one LLC And then the hold properties, the duplex and the fourplex, in separate LLCs, one or more LLCs, so that if you get sued on a flip, they can't reach the hold real estate. And and conversely, if you get sued on a hold, a tenant sues on a hold property, they can't get at the, you know, the flip that you're doing. So we like splitting those up.
1: And so I have a question. This probably is a, is a it depends kind of an answer. And I, I appreciate that, but I just want to get your feedback. How much would you recommend? Like, let's just say I have 20, I have 20 rentals. I'm gonna assume I should not keep all of them in the same LLC, and if that's the case, that's a
0: target-rich LLC. Yeah. So how right? do you? You t- what have do you twenty know? properties in one. Yeah. Attorneys will go after you. Sure. So what
1: would be what would be your advice to someone who has all of their rentals in one LLC? Let's just say they have twenty. How do you know how many you need? Do you need twenty LLCs, or how does that? What's a? Is there a rules of thumb there?
0: it's really a judgment call. Okay. I mean, I certainly have some clients, Mike, who only want one property per LLC. Okay. I have other clients who say, you know, my, my risk uh, threshold is three properties. Mm-hmm. You know, if I get sued by a tenant, they can get the equity in three, but not the remaining 17. Yeah. So it's really a judgment call. Some people do it by the amount of equity, Okay. that is in the property. You know, They don't go above 200,000 or 300,000 in equity. They'll set up a new LLC at that point. My job is just kind of to explain the issues and I let the client uh, make up their own mind how many sure. LLCs they're gonna have. Now, in a state like California, where it's $800 per LLC per year, I mean, yeah. that is a factor yeah. uh, for our California investors.
1: Yeah, I, I get real lucky. I'm in Michigan. I think it's like fifty dollars for us to form an LLC. It's, right. it's relatively nothing. And it's sort of like uh it feels it feels like it's backward because our houses are a lot cheaper too than they are in California. So having three houses in an LLC in California could be, you know, one and a half million dollars worth of houses in your LLC. Whereas in Michigan, it could very easily be a couple hundred thousand dollars and, and it's cheaper right. for us. So we, we theoretically have the ability to form more LLCs without the pain of the, of the yearly you know, $800 hit. So I hear you there. When it comes to, I'm gonna, I want to ask you about something that is widely known in terms of the term, but I think a lot of people don't understand it. So they avoid it. And that's the 1031 exchange. Can you talk a little bit about what the 1031 exchange? Let's just, for the people who don't even know what it is, let's just give them maybe a basic explanation. And then how can, how do we use that effectively? in our business? Well,
0: the 1031 exchange says if you're going to sell a property, uh, typically when you sell the property and you have a gain of $100,000, you're going to pay tax, let's say $23,000, all right? The 1031 says you're going to sell the property, but you're going to turn right around and buy a new property. And because that's a like-kind exchange, you're, you're exchanging a piece of property, property A, for property B, and we have an intermediary, a 1031 exchange expert, hold on to that money, they are not going to tax you on the $100,000 gain. It rolls forward into the next property. And the 1031 exchange is really a great way for people to build their real estate empire. I mean, you can start with a duplex exchange up to a fourplex, exchange up to a 10 unit apartment building. And at the end of the day, you've got some very valuable real estate. Now, at some point you have to pay the taxes okay. for all those transactions uh, once you sell. Uh, but you know, when mom and dad pass, that's for the kids to figure out. And that's the, right. the kids can get a step up in basis. So they don't even have to pay those past taxes. Now I will say, that there is talk in Congress about getting rid of the 1031 and getting rid of the step up in basis when you inherit property. Okay. But for now the 1031 is just a great way to uh, build up your real estate uh, portfolio.
1: What is the the time frame that you have to operate within when you sell a property and you want to exchange? You have, do you have to exchange up or can you exchange for a equal value, which probably doesn't happen? Typically,
0: a lot you exchange up. It's, okay. It's rare when you exchange down or equal. Typically, you okay. would do exchange up. You've got forty five days to identify, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple properties, and then you've got one hundred and eighty days to close on one of them. Okay. So there is a fuse here. You do, you do have to uh, you know move forward on this, right. um, Or you can lose uh, you know the benefits. Now, one time I didn't find a piece of property, and you know I just paid the capital gains taxes on it, and it was fine. Yeah. You know, it's just it's just money. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of times when you're trying to do the 1031 and you're in, in a hurry and. I didn't want to be in a hurry. I didn't want to rush into a property that I didn't want. I'd rather pay the taxes and have my time yeah. finding the right property. But I've done other 1031s and it's been terrific. I've found the right property and uh, everything worked out great.
1: Yeah. And I assume there's no extensions for 1031. If you get to that close to that 180 days and you 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 can't you can't beg and plead for an extension, I take it.
0: No, they okay. don't uh, respond well to begging and pleading. <laughs>
1: um, you, you, I have a note written here about uh, uh, let's see, the, allows you to your, allows your business to buy a property for using your tax advantage pre taxed dollars loophole twenty one. Yep. And I hate to just throw out loophole twenty one. Expect you to remember everything that you ever wrote. But do you know what I'm? It's talking all about? right in here. I, that, I know it is. I know it is. And, and I'm. So I worked my see way the through building that
0: building behind me. See, yeah. th- this building that I'm in is owned in an LLC. And I have a law firm that pays the LLC rent. And that's those are pre-tax dollars. I have to pay rent to someone. Mm-hmm. So why not use pre-tax dollars, my rent to the LLC, which in turn pays the mortgage. So my business is using pre-tax dollars to buy me some real estate and a lot of business owners find this is a great way to go because, you know, you're going to run your business and maybe when you retire, you sell it yep. uh, or your kids take it over. But at the end, when you retire, you've got this building, yeah, right? Yep. That you can rent out or the business can continue to pay you on. It's really a great retirement strategy to have a business and buy a building and for a lot of clients, you know that are construction workers, right? Have a business that buy that uh, you set up an LLC, you buy a yard, right, for yep. the equipment and for a mobile office or whatever. And and you know over time that that land becomes valuable. Yeah. And then when you retire, you've got that you can either rent it out or sell it. You can do a ten thirty one sure uh, into a uh, a. You know, one of those triple net lease properties. Uh, it, there's all sorts of things you can do if you get started in real estate early enough.
1: I agreed. And with the 1031, by the way, I just thought of this question Can you transfer from like a duplex into a commercial property? Can it go from residential to commercial and back and forth like that? It can. It can. Okay, cool.
0: But it's got to be real estate and it, you know, it shouldn't be your personal residence. If you're going to do your personal residence, you probably would. Uh, put it into an LLC, rent it out for a couple of years, then you could do the ten thirty one. Gotcha.
1: Okay, and then I have one more note written here that I wanted to talk about. What is a qualified personal residence trust, and how does that? How is that a loophole that can help us?
0: Well, the qualified that that type of trust uh, is uh, set up by attorneys to protect the the house, and then the parents can transfer it, uh, you know, they do have asset protection with this trust, they can live in it and then transfer it to the kids. Uh-huh. Uh, another another strategy, the first way we look at protecting the uh, equity in our personal residence is with the homestead. Yeah. And Texas and Florida have an unlimited homestead. If you have a million dollar house and a later creditor tries to sue, they can't reach the equity in that house. And each hmm. state has a different dollar amount. Um, in some states where it's low, California, it's only hundred thousand dollars you can protect. Okay. I mean, what's worth a hundred thousand in California? An outhouse? A garage? Um, maybe. So, yeah, <laughs> right. So then you look at using an LLC to protect the house. You can use an LLC to protect your personal residence, but you can't combine an LLC with a homestead. So it's one or the other.
1: I got just. But in California, like you said, it's only a hundred thousand dollars. it does it can you so you can just elect not to homestead your house and you can protect it in an LLC instead wow that seems like a huge thing that I've never even heard of that before I'm not in California but I know a lot of people who are I've never heard of that and that's pretty amazing advice actually I'm gonna I have some friends I'm gonna have to tell about that as soon as we're done here um awesome we 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 reference it a few times guys but all the stuff we're talking about for real estate investors it's in the book loopholes of real estate uh, you can check it out you can go right to uh, garrett's uh web uh, you know, you want to plug your URL your your website
0: yeah our our business and website is corporatedirect.com. okay and you can buy it there you can buy it in Amazon it's on audiobook it's on uh, Kindle it's in all formats yeah uh, so it, it's available.
1: Okay. As someone who just wrote a book, me, and I'm, I'm going to be doing an audiobook, Did you read the audiobook or did, did you have someone read that for you? You did. Okay. I was, I was scared to ask because sometimes when people don't, they don't want to admit it, but so you read the audiobook. how uh, this is totally off the subject, but I, I just curious how, how brutal was that or how painless was that to do?
0: Well, first of all, I like reading the audiobook because I know where to put the inflections, yeah. right? I, I know what is the most important word in the sentence. 100%. Uh, people who read books that aren't involved in finance, uh, it, it comes across flat. Yeah. So uh, I like reading the audiobook. I can do about 15 pages an hour. Okay. And so I'll do two and a half hours and then you get tired. And so it takes yeah. a week or so to do the whole book. Yeah. But give yourself enough time to do it. Okay. But I think it's important for the author to read the book.
1: Yeah, I do too. I, I always think that like, I don't want to listen to somebody else. I'm really interested right. in hearing the author read it. And I, you know, books like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Jocko Willink, but he wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. And this guy's a, he's not a Marine, I'm sorry, he's a Navy guy, a Navy SEAL. And I'm like, I could not imagine somebody else reading that book. I want to hear him read it. He's so he's so amazing at it. And I think that about all the authors. You're right. I think even not in finance or in real estate, just if you don't know the subject matter really, really well, it can come across, across flat because they don't know where to put the emphasis. So anyways, thanks for that. It's a little off subject, probably not very interesting for most people. But I just wanted, I was curious if you did it and what your feedback was on that. Um, I, I want to mention too, we, we mentioned loopholes of real estate. Guys, go and, go and grab that. Uh, you also have a new book called uh, Scam Proof Your Assets. It's not specific right. to real estate, but I still think people should, should check this out.
0: Yeah, this book is about all the deception out there over the internet, phones, uh, con artists. Uh, and we do talk quite a bit about real estate scams in here uh, and, and what you need to do to protect yourself. Yep. Um, so it, it, it's, it covers all sorts of things, but it does cover uh, quite a bit of real estate and the steps really that people need to take. We are inundated with this massive amount yeah. of misrepresentation and fraudulent behavior. And, and Mike, one of the arguments I make in the book is the government needs to go after these people. Yeah, You know, right now, if you get hacked, the government says, all right, Mike, it's your fault that you got hacked and there are penalties for you, the business owner, who did not intend to get hacked. Right. And the person who gets away with all these, uh, all this personal information, they go free. The yeah. government makes no attempt to go after the criminal and this is just wrong. Yeah. And these people are gaining all sorts of abilities and someday they're gonna take down power grids and hospital systems. And really, it's about time the government stepped it up and went after these scamsters.
1: Yeah, 100%. I, I totally agree with you. And it's not getting better. It's getting worse. And I read some excerpts from the book and, and some different uh, reviews. And uh, it's it's the, the, the access to... Information and like the social media and people putting all their personal things out there, they don't even know half the time how much they're putting out there and how at risk they're making themselves. So this this world that we're in where there's so many ways to connect with people is great, like you, you said, but it also comes at a price and, and people don't realize how vulnerable they're becoming day by day, more and more vulnerable. So I, I think you're 100% right. It's such a scary thing. And, and I think... Just little things. I had my Apple account hacked the other day. Like no no big deal. They they rented a couple of movies and bought a few movies and it was sixty bucks and I fought it and I got it back. But it's like that is just one fraction of a small little way they can do it that's fairly
0: harmless. But multiply that times millions. Yeah. I mean, it is happening every day to everyone. And and at some point we gotta just tell the people in Congress, we're sick of all this, you know, inter-party fighting, do something for us. Yeah. Go after these people because, you know, the elderly lose billions of dollars every year. This results in depression. There's all sorts of evidence of suicide from these scams. Uh, It's really creating quite a bit of devastation throughout our economy and our society. And it's just time to end it.
1: Yeah, and when you talk about the elderly, you want to talk about taking advantage of someone who has no clue they're probably being taken advantage of. They don't know what to do to protect themselves. They don't even know they're vulnerable, right? It's it's such a hor- horrific thing, and you're right. It's causing suicides and depression, all that stuff. And it, I, you don't hear it talked about because everyone's too worried about fighting about, you know— what the president tweets or whatever, not, not to get this political, but it's like everyone's so worried about seems that things that are so non inconsequential when we have people's lives being ruined every day by doing exactly. innocent things like, you know, having an Apple account or whatever, banking online. Well, listen, I, this is, we could go on for days. I, I think it's fascinating talking about protecting yourself, asset protection in these ways. The bottom line is we, we talked again before we hopped on here, We just went through a tax season that was a little bit extended because of COVID and people um, weren't able to probably get their taxes done and had to extend and all that. And, and now we're I do it every time, uh, it's not so much now but back when I first started I would get to the end of tax season and go well that was miserable I, I really don't want to go through that again <laughs> and it's like because I didn't protect myself I didn't know the things I needed to do to make my life a little more easy um, like getting a CPA, having a, a bookkeeper we didn't talk about that but it was on my list like having a bookkeeper so you have someone who's kind of keeping track of things but that's important and I know uh, we talked and you graciously offered you have a, a number of people can call for a, a 15 Minute free consultation with your team. And I'd like to, you to give that out because I think a lot of people are dying for information about this. So if you don't mind.
0: Sure. Well, if they call 800 600 1760, we provide a free 15 minute consultation with an incorporating specialist. And you can learn about our services and see how we can help you. Uh, and And so just you get on the phone or you can also go to corporatedirect.com to set up the schedule, but the number is 800-600-1760, and we'd be happy to describe our services, our fees are very affordable, and uh, how we can help your listeners protect themselves. Because again, they don't teach this in school. You have to get this information
1: on your own. Absolutely. Guys, there's nobody who's more widely respected than Garrett and his team. Give them a call, go to their website, corporatedirect.com, Buy the books, uh, for specifically loopholes of real estate. Everyone listening pretty much is a real estate investor. It's very, very, very relevant to your business. So go check that out, Garrett. I really appreciate your time and and everything you've shared. You've been super giving with your information. And there's definitely some aha moments that I had. Some folks I have to call in California to talk to them about the LLC for the person. I have never heard of anything like that. So Thank you very much for your time and your expertise. And I, I just uh, hope you have a great rest of your year and stay healthy.
0: Thank you, Mike,
1: Uh, good being with you. All right, thank you, sir. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that episode. I had a good time talking to Garrett. He is a very smart guy who's been around for a while. And as a Rich Dad advisor, he's been in front of some massive audiences. He's talked to, I'm sure, thousands and thousands of people with thousands and thousands of questions and problems. He's heard it all, he's been there, he's seen it all. He knows what he's talking about. And we, as real estate investors, frankly, sometimes I think We choose to ignore some of the things that we need to do to keep ourselves from getting in in danger in our business or losing everything to, you know, uh, unfortunate incident happens and you lose everything or something outside of your control and and you lose everything because you're not protecting yourself and you need to protect yourself. We're all trying to build these businesses and grow and buy properties and hold properties and make a lot of money, which is great. But that comes with some responsibility. You you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your team, you owe it to your family, you owe it to everybody involved to protect yourself and be diligent about the things that maybe don't feel like they're all that important in the beginning, but they are. Get on it, get yourself protected, make sure you have an entity, make sure that you're talking to CPAs and, and your real estate attorneys to make sure that you're protecting yourself properly. So when you do build this great big company that you want to build, and there's millions of dollars of revenue coming in, that you're set up in a way that protects you from from things happening to help to make you lose your your, your wealth, basically. And uh, nobody wants that. So anyways, go uh, give Garrett's team a call. They give you 15-minute free consultation. Go grab his book, Loopholes of Real Estate. It's just a good way to start the process of, of protecting yourself. And like he said, you don't have to know everything. But have a team. Have a real estate attorney that you can talk to. Have a CPA. Have a bookkeeper. Make sure you have these things so that you can stay in the safe zone. Don't go in the danger zone. (laughs) Not in this case. Okay? All right, guys. But really, the bottom line is if you're not even buying properties and you're not putting offers in, you're not in any danger because you don't have a business. Go start a business and make sure that you're protected properly. But in any event, get out there and get going. Make today the best day. We'll talk to you next time. okay you're still there you're still listening that's awesome and i really appreciate that now hopefully it wasn't an accident hopefully you didn't leave the room and i'm just talking to an empty room right now but assuming you're still there i want to do something really really cool for you for a limited time i want to give you a free digital download of my book the entire book level jumping. If you're a listener to the show, you know it just came out and it really details how I took my business from being like one where I was just doing a few deals a month, maybe one or two deals a month to doing over 10 and sometimes 15 deals a month and over a hundred a year. And I went from doing very little profit to over a million dollars in profit. And I made that transformation in a 12 month period. And this book talks about what I did, the steps I took to transform my business and how you can too. So grab a free digital, Digital download and you can get that by texting the words just start as two words now just start to the number 5544 so text just start to 55444 I will send you a free digital download of my book it's the complete book there's nothing held back and that'll be completely yours just for making it to the end of the show and listening to me and I really really appreciate it guys so I want to do something nice for you I do this every once in a while at the end of shows and if you listen to the very end every once in a while I do a giveaway like this so hopefully you enjoy that go grab a free copy I hope you read it I hope you love it reach out let me know what you think alright guys talk to you next time